On this episode of the Packet of Pie, we talk about punching Teddy right in the balls and then holding on for dear life as we beat the Panthers. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our website, PackersPodcast.com. Third down and seven. Rodgers backs up. Throws. Adams, touchdown, Green Bay. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Put Jones Rudding Hard in My Bloodline. King and Kirksey, uh, doing fine. Crosby from 50-plus hits harder than moonshine. Special teams, uh, doing fine. Teddy loves giving out that ball at the goal line. Second half, uh, fine on the Pack It Up Packer <laughs> podcast. Hey, 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 hey. How's everyone exactly doing? Exactly what we expected. Doing good. How well, you? yeah. This is Ryan joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. How you doing? What's up, boys? If I were to tell you that Teddy Bridgewater would outgain Aaron Rodgers and DJ Moore would have nearly four times the reception yardage as Mr. Devontae Adams, how worried would you have been? Very. And I was. We lose by. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Let's just just jump right into it. There was a very emotional text messages going on during this. Time. <laughs> we, were, we were very positive for the first about 20 minutes of game action, and then it was a downward spiral of alcohol and just inability to play. <laughs> Saturday nights, baby. Uh, <laughs> guilty. Oh, final score. 24-16, and if you are a fan of the Packers, you know that we had a ginormous lead going into the second half and watched it fade away. We're going to start with our offense, though. Aaron Rodgers, very quiet game, 143 yards, a touchdown through the air, a touchdown with his feet. Aaron Jones, boys. Every time we say something negative about, all right, do we really want to pay him that money? He <laughs> hey, I didn't say this. <laughs> I, I said I'm not sure about paying him the money, but then I also said he'd be the MVP. So. Yeah, it's unreal. 7.3 yards a carry. Uh, and as we mentioned, the, the receiving game was uh, fairly slow. Lazard had some ginormous catches. Adams kind of showed up in the beginning, but a few drops here and there. Tanyan catching touchdowns. Apparently, that's what he does now. I can't believe we have a tight end doing this much. But mm-hmm. let's jump into this game that if you looked at those first three drives, and we joked about Carolina giving up a, points on half of possessions, I thought we're going to absolutely annihilate this. And then it stopped completely in the second half. So what went right? What went wrong? Good question. I mean, the first half, our run game, I mean, every time we touch the ball, uh, it's felt like it could break. Um, that's just how electrifying Aaron Jones was running in this game. Uh, you texted it right away. He's running on another level today. I think you said the last time you saw this out of him was like week two. Um, 
but yeah, it was fun to watch. But what was very confusing was our blocking in the run game was great, but what happened in the past game? Five sacks. When's the last time we gave up five sacks in one game? Um, they were getting to Rodgers, and what we didn't think would happen, I think they flustered him a little bit. Mm. Mm. All right, well, let's start with the positive, right? The run game, it was exactly what we thought it was. The run game was going to open up some opportunities for Rodgers. Carolina was smart with bottling up Devontae. All the all the uh, press snippings afterwards were LaFleur and Rodgers admitting that um, it wasn't always doubling Devontae, but it was making sure he didn't have any one-on-ones and he couldn't get any deep shots. So why every defense doesn't deploy that methodology against Devontae, I don't know, because this is what happens to the Packers' offense if you can control 17. It's a tall task to control 17, but this is what happens. But early on was exactly what we thought it was. You run the ball, you open up some passing game. What I found interesting was it almost looked like you know, Will, our, our guest of last week, really was excited about Jeremy Chin. But those first few drives, it almost looked like we were going after Jeremy Chin. Yeah, I remember. It looked like we were literally trying to find where he was on the field and go after him. Um, make him miss the first tackle and then go and instead of him coming in to stop the play after. Yeah, I was surprised by that scheme specifically. I mean, he was the guy that ran down Aaron Jones on that long run to start the game and, and save that from being a touchdown. So I think there was a lot of good to take away from that. And, you know, some of our talking points about this Panthers team is on the verge of being good. They're a year or two away. They're well coached. They play hard. They stay in the game. They had only lost two games by double digits. It started to show. We got up 21 to three. I don't think it got larger than that. Were we up 24 to three at one point? No, nope, 21, 21 to, three. to three. Yep. Yeah. So up 21 to three and you're feeling great, but the Panthers are still a respectable team, you know, look past their record. So some of that started to show. And then we can talk about the bad with this offense. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed from offense line and our wide receivers, the drops, um, even Alan Lazard's drop where mm, right, right before half. Hands. Yeah. Um, and that's then where it the, should have been 24 to three. Yes. And then the underuse of Robert Tunyon again, you know, two of those, two of his catches came on that goal line uh, where he scored. Um, and then he only was targeted one more time the entire game. Um, if, if Devonte Adams is bottled up, you got to get him the ball. You have to get our running backs, the ball out of the backfield. We did. Okay. Got him five, five catches, but that's still not enough. If Devonte Adams is having that hard of time catching the ball and getting open. Yeah. We got to call more plays for Tanya he's got a, franchise franchise uh, streak or record for consecutive touchdowns by a tight end only targeted three times they were all successful and ironically you know the play before his touchdown Rodgers had him early he looks away to go see if he can mm-hmm. find someone else and then he comes back and it's the only reason that play wasn't a touchdown so it didn't make any sense why he looked away either he was open yeah that was total Rodgers like looking for more right like I'm gonna go make the harder play and not the easy play that was Rodgers of yesteryear I, I, we're so used to seeing that and he's taken that out of his game this year but that that play it showed and hopefully the listeners recall but he had Tanya out in the flat he saw him essentially acknowledged it you know he blew him a kiss and then he's like eh, but hold on let me go look if anybody else is open really quick because they're further downfield and this will look more impressive and then he saw nobody else was and he came back to Tanya and it was too late so he caught the ball but he, he couldn't close the gap and, and push it into the end zone so they went back to the exact same thing to the other side of the field and score a touchdown 
Um, Tanyan also, though, you know, the second half, not in the passing game to his own fault, but his edge blocking was not as solid, and he even caught a verbal lashing from Rodgers. If you can read lips, it was one of those quick screen action, uh, quick screen passes that the Packers love deploying right now as like a fake run game, and Tanya just whiffed on his block, and you can read Rodgers' lips going, damn it, Bobby, come on! <laughs> uh, so everything fell apart. Once they had this lead, uh, Jamal gets hurt. They get A.J. Dillon his one carry for 18 yards, which we can hit on that. But it almost starts with, if you recall, after going up 21-3, the Packers get the ball back. Rodgers misses an open Devontae on a scramble. Mm-hmm. He's got Devontae over by the sideline. He misses him, and then everything just falls apart. Lazard makes that drop right before the half, and then what was like five punts in a row for the Packers offense? Yeah, and we started holding on to the ball too long. He started trying to do too much. Uh, what happened to the quick plays? Get the ball out of your hands. Get it into the playmakers' hands and let them do some work. Um, even no wide receivers did any end arounds in this game either. You know, I, I was a little shocked by that with uh, with how slow the Panthers linebackers are. I thought for sure we'd try to get around the it's edge It's interesting more. You're, you're, you're putting a lot of blame on the wide receivers. I mean, even LaFleur has said it after the game. They got away from the run. I mean, I put this on the floor. I think I, it's part of that, too, because I, I – there's sometimes with this team, and we'll talk about it when we get to the defensive side as well, it almost feels awkwardly sometimes like the high school football team where you got a senior and you're just not willing to change it up because you're like, well, he's really tried hard. And I felt that way not only about Kirksey now, but Lucas Patrick was having a game in which yeah. was not good. Oh, You're yeah. telling me you can't mess around with this O-line and find something that works. And we've talked about it before where we were confused why Runyon hasn't played more, that Wagner at some points hasn't played more. I, I just I, It feels as though we lose our identity as a team, um, but then we also just – if it's not working, we don't fix it. <laughs> I guess that goes for special teams. It goes for everything. If, if we don't do something to start the game – the chances of us making an adjustment at halftime, it's just not there. And to come out of the to start the game dominating, and then in the second half have five possessions and four of them go for either four plays or less is not is not good. Like how do you not change something at some point and go, guys, this is not this is not where we want to be. That's that's one of my notes is he he always recognizes after the game. You know what right. we did wrong. right. He always does. <laughs> but why aren't you recognizing it in the middle of the fourth quarter, third quarter, when you are going three and out on every offensive uh, drive? And if he um, can't recognize it, then pay one of your your staff members to recognize it and phone in in the middle yeah, of third and quarter. And hold you accountable and hey, say, hey, Dumbo, forgot about let's the run change game. this. Yeah. He um, even said he had every intention in the game plan to get A.J. Dillon more carries in the second half, but the the game flow didn't allow it. And you're like, oh, the, the lack of offense meant that you didn't want to give a ball to a guy that popped for 18 yards on his first touch? That oh, and you don't want to run the ball sense. to run the clock? Yep, totally. It's, zero oh, sense. my God. Yeah, so the Lucas yeah I guess Patrick you're right. Thing, so, LaFleur, come on, shape up, man. The, <laughs> yeah, you're just up there with, like, you know, Steve Mariucci and George Hallis for all-time wins as a rookie. Yeah, coach. what is this crap? He's got he's got growth to do, though. That's, that's the takeaway. Yeah. Yep. And to your point, Josh, absolutely – if this costs you in a playoff game, it's like, I don't care what your quote is afterwards. You didn't do it during the game. So hopefully he learns the lesson from here. And it, one of the key takeaways, 
I still want to talk about Lucas Patrick because he didn't get just he didn't just get manhandled by Derek Brown, who is a top draft pick in it. Maybe that's understandable, just brute strength. But number ninety three, you're probably wondering why we didn't bring him up before the game. Yeah, because we shouldn't have had to. I had to go look up his name, Bravion Roy. He's a sixth round rookie, and he was beating Lucas Patrick. So why we didn't have a little flexibility of let's try Runyon, let's try helping Patrick. He Max had a lot protect. Of, yeah, and, you know, maybe they've just seen enough in practice that makes them have that much more confidence in Lucas Patrick, but it was not his day. And, you know, he wasn't the only issue, but he was a majority of these <laughs> pass rushes, including Rodgers escaping a couple sacks where guys had beaten our left guard and Rodgers had avoided it. So there's something to be addressed there. Um, hopefully we can get past it. And Rodgers' postgame comments were the only promising takeaway from this game was that he acknowledged this is good enough to beat the Panthers and it'll not beat any playoff caliber team. Yep. Uh, and, and as I look it up, who played Runyon had one play. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to see him. I Holy think we need him. I love how he plays. So let's jump over to this defense, which it, it is a contested <laughs> battle. Ooh, let's talk about it. Uh, 16 points. And yes, there is definitely some spots where you go. Should DJ Moore have gone for 131? Mm, probably not. Uh, Mike Davis, I think we, we handled for the most part. Uh, it's just interesting play calling. Uh, Amos is just, uh, he, he is maybe the MVP of this defense yeah. and it's not even remotely close right now. The amount that of work that he is putting in, and I want to bring up his stat line from the game. Smash Amos, nine ta- or seven tackles, three pass breakups, and a sack. So yoza, baby. Um, but let's talk about this defense that Barnes, an amazing goal line play. We almost got another goal line stop uh, to mm-hmm. take away another three points. But where are we feeling? Because there's, there's some positive and there's some negatives about this defense. Josh, go ahead. I hear you itching. Just yell into your microphone. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I I was angry. And let's just get that out of the way, why I was angry. The reason I was angry was a third and one call where every single corner was lined 10 yards off of uh, the wide receivers. Too easy to get a first down and yet a big play. Um, and that's why I'm upset is because when we get in these moments where literally the game is on the line-ish, I mean, they, they were coming back, they were threatening, um, and we were on our heels. And you just give it to them instead of making them earn it. And I think we have the talent on our defense to make them earn it. They showed it in this game. Look at the first half, how good they played. The safeties are playing out of their minds right Mm -hmm. now, not just Adrian Amos. Um, The confidence that Savage has built up in these past weeks, he is flying around and he's actually tackling. He's not just like getting (laughs) hit anymore. He's actually tackling people. Um, so overall, I think this was probably our best showing, but it was against the Carolina Panthers. Um, so that's what makes me worry is what happens when we play a more legitimate offense. Hey, hold on. If we had, you know, like top notch, like we paid for a producer and we could do a little editing, this is where the record scratches and they just, they just go back to Thursday's episode. I think we released it on Thursday and it's me saying, 
we're going to come back after the Panther game for our recap episode, and we're going to be mad that we didn't see press coverage from the Packers, mm-hmm. but it's what you got to do. It's get, you keep everything underneath. Now, I understand it was third and one, and we don't need to see loose coverage, but we absolutely, again, called this happening with this game, and, and it shouldn't be a yep. surprise to anybody that what we saw all year was going to continue to happen on the field, specifically against this team and, and what they brought to the table. So, I totally agree with you. The play calling was one thing, but again, the bright sides, the defense won this game for us. 100%. The offense couldn't come through, and maybe for the first time all year, you know, I'm not going to go through each game, but maybe for the first time all year, we were able to rely on our defense to win this game and to hold on. It wasn't on Rodgers' back in the second half. So I think Amos is the highlight, and the most interesting thing I, I saw there was him playing dime linebacker. The role we've always associated with, like, the Raven Green, Savage drops down, and Amos plays deep. Amos had pulled down. They talked about moving Christian Kirksey over to the Will linebacker, the weak side middle linebacker, and then letting Barnes and Martin play the true Mike linebacker, your true middle linebacker. So that worked. I mean – Mm-hmm. How they came up with that change, I don't know, but Amos was all over. His pass breakups were just textbook, right? Like not even borderline pass interference. He was just getting the arm in there perfectly. That was very promising to get your middle linebackers, your true middle linebackers, Barnes, Martin, and Kirksey, making the plays they were and the hits they were, and then Amos and Savage just roaming the field and, and breaking up passes, making hits. That showed a lot of promise. So I, I still want to highlight the good notes. There's plenty we can talk about that's bad, though. <laughs> I also want to bring up uh, Kenny Clark. Um, he didn't really show up on the stat line much, but did you see how much he was disrupting up the middle instantly and pushing Bridgewater out uh, mm, of the pocket? Really? He, he, he did. He didn't get to him because he kept on escaping because there was no edge presence um, on, mm. on those plays. I felt but he was he was getting up the middle. All of Bridgewater's runs were straight up the middle. Exactly what I said we had to avoid. Well, yeah, okay, the runs that he did up, have up the middle, but he was he was getting pressure up the middle, except on those plays. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look. He could have had a good game. I mean, it takes more than one guy to protect yeah. the middle, from, you know, from a quarterback scrambling up the pockets. But all of Bridgewater's runs, I had in my notes. We did not protect that well enough. It's exactly what I said was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We didn't make him go outside enough. That pass rush was not there. I don't know. If, Gary was still in later in the game, but he was pretty much non-existent. So I don't know if the injury was wearing him down, but Bridgewater scrambles. He almost fumbled that second one into the end zone, but uh, they were all up the middle. I'm like, again, these coaches are better than this. When you see it on film, you got a game plan it out of their offense, and we're, we're not doing it. Yeah, I think it's it's easy for Packer fans to get very – angry at this defense because I think we all believe in our offense and we just wish that we had a defense that we had some kind of faith in. And you look at it and the touchdown drive that the Carolina Panthers had started because they got it at midfield thanks to a Scott Shank 38-yard punt, right? Mm, I've never heard that before. And then, <laughs> and then you look at the time of the possession by our offense, first drive, one minute, second drive, two minutes, third drive, three minutes, like they were on the field nearly the entire second half and they were were inches away from getting yet another Teddy fumble on the goal line, which would have wiped up another three points. If you could have, if it could have worked out perfectly, right? And I know this is dream world, what a, what a, could have, should have, 
there's a possibility that the Panthers score three field goals and that's it. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's it. Maybe it's even two field goals. Like who knows? But like there, there's moments that I I'm, I'm over Kirksey. Uh, I think Kamal mm. uh, looked awesome again. Barnes he ke- is he having He needs to break moments. down though. He needs just yep, to break, yep, just correct. slow down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and King, I think is very, very interesting. Cause I, I at moments always thought, all right, we have these corners that we feel very secure in, but the amount of times he does shoulder first Superman dive and misses, just like legitimately misses or getting his ankle literally broken on a play and then just being like, yep, that guy's gone. I I just I can't help thinking that the money he's going to ask for is something that we can find elsewhere um, mm-hmm. or draft. It's just I'm I'm Kirksey and King. Thank you for your time, but I'm I am ready to move on. Man, I had the same thoughts. Yeah. It, it's rare to see a guy in a contract year in that first contract year that Kevin King is in. It sounds too harsh, but playing so poorly and and hurt again and. Let's just hope it's, you know, the poor play is not a sign of him being hurt still. But here's my question to you guys. Who do you trust more in one-on-one coverage right now, Shannon Sullivan or Kevin King? Sullivan. <sighs> yeah. And you Kevin can bo- King, I love yeah. Kevin King in the run game. I think he's a great outside presence um, in the run game. But when it comes to pass coverage, holy cow. And you could have both answered Kevin King. But the thought that it's even a debate mm-hmm. means we, we're not – it's not worth the money that he's going to ask for because he's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm a tall, lanky corner second-round draft pick. And it just – I had nightmares that that pick should have been T.J. Watt. <laughs> you doing this again, Dan? And then no. I go look up – and then no. I go look up Christian Kirksey's contract to say, all right, I love what I saw out of Barnes and Martin. Martin comes in hot. I know, Josh, but – he made a play in the backfield too after you know finding the gap in the blocking mm-hmm. scheme, slashing through it sideways, still squared up and, and grabbed enough of his ankle to make a play. If we let go of Christian Kirksey in the offseason, you get two million in dead cap. Not a great thing, but you save six million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Yes. I, don't, I I might be willing, based on what we've seen so far, to roll next year with Barnes and Martin. And this is more of an off season conversation, but uh, it's unfortunate that those two guys aren't playing up to the level of expectation because those are sort of the missing pieces. I think they could cover up for our DNs not being playmakers. If King could just play like a, a typical second-round draft pick, our secondary would look amazing. <sighs> I just, but Let me put it this way. Where do we go from here? We're a great team. A lot of things happened this week around the league that went right for the Packers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're looking pretty to possibly get a buy. Where do we go from here? Because I feel like I've said it for the last month. I feel like we already know how we lose a playoff game. Yeah, I think where we go from here is the liquor store to get ready for that. <laughs> where we just can't pull it together. I, I it's tough because I don't think we show we're a playoff team as Rogers mentioned. But then you look at the Rams, who are were a hot team that everybody talked about. Mm-hmm. Poop the bed against the Jets. You got teams left and right today that just looked awful. Chiefs Seattle. squeaked by Saints, even though Breeze looked disgusting in the first half. Vikings. Uh, it's just, yeah, yeah, Vikings. Tampa Bay looked bad. Buccaneers barely helped. Cardinals struggled with the Eagles. Yeah, it's Colts like it was, a bad, it was a 
bad, bad weekend of football. If you were looking at it from a spread perspective, gamblers, you were if money you were line. In a it worked Survivor out. League. Yeah. If you're trying to get in your Super Bowl for fantasy football, this is now like no. a self-help therapy session for me. <laughs> but, uh, but in all I honesty, did. I think it's just it comes down to one of those things that, um, assuming that Jamal's healthy and assuming that the offensive line just had one of their worst games of the season. I just think that um, we still have a shot. We really, really do have yeah. a shot. And if it goes through Lambeau, honestly, we need this defense to just be like, look, somebody's going to go off. Like, Moore went off, but he still didn't get in the end zone. And that's all that matters to me. Ben, don't break, baby, and we're just fine. Yeah. This offense will find its groove. We'll get to somewhere around 30 points. We can go deep in the playoffs. I really, really do think that. It's just a matter of who we match up against and do we just have these bad, bad mistakes on special teams and, and coverage? The the key to it is field goals. Um, if we can hold teams to more field goals and touchdowns, we will win the game. Like we know Rogers will at least get it in the end zone at least, you know, a few times. Um, this is what, is this the lowest that we've scored all year? 24 points. Um, so I, I still feel very confident in how we are going to play in the playoffs, but with the lack of discipline across, you know, just from penalties, just to executing plays, that's where we need to change because you have to be more, we have to be more consistent across the front everywhere. Um, and then I did want to touch on DJ Moore, you know, him going off. Honestly, I wasn't too worried about it just because you could tell we were focused on stopping Robbie Anderson in the run. Um, and we did it for uh, a little bit, but, um, so I'm not, I'm okay with him going off and getting six for 131. Most of it came later in the game. So I I'm okay. Yeah. 24 is our low point on the year. We also put it up against Jacksonville. So it's really the number we like to well, throw I'll out also there remember the uh, Tampa, teams. Tampa is our 10 point, uh, Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, oh, we don't talk about we don't talk about that game anyway. Shoot, I missed Minnesota too. Only twenty two <laughs> against Minnesota. Twenty two. Right, I was yeah. reading the schedule wrong, so it wasn't our worst showing. Uh, but here, here's my biggest takeaway, and I wanted Josh to go first to see if you've uh, backed off the ledge. But during our our alcohol induced conversations during the game, there's a lot of talk about the Packers can't play like this and win a Super Bowl. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that statement. I think Rodgers came out immediately afterwards and said they probably wouldn't even win whenever their first playoff game is. They probably wouldn't win if they played like that. So you look at the NFL as a whole coming into this weekend, you say, yeah, the Chiefs are the cream of the crop. The Steelers have shown their flaws. And then everyone else is kind of like tier 1B, at least in my mind. Everyone else has their flaws. And you look at the Chiefs and you're like, ugh. So then the Chiefs come out hot against the Saints. And you're like, yeah, this is kind of what I saw happening. And you're thinking there's no beating the Chiefs, but at least as a Packer fan, it's like just get us to the Super Bowl and maybe we can strike strike gold, right? Like just mm-hmm. find some magic get, and pull, get those few you, interceptions. All you need is a chance, right? Well, then the Saints actually put up a fight without Michael Thomas with a banged up Drew Brees. They made it a close game, so that's what gives me hope: is that all the flaws that we see as Packer fans, there's not really a team out there without the flaws, except maybe the Chiefs who struggled against the saints, a team we've beaten. So there's hope. I mean, absolutely. Don't get me wrong, but we're hard on ourselves because we're fans, right? And if you look at every other team, they've got the same flaws or worse, really. We're, I mean, we're the one seed in the NFC. What I see losing a game that's going to just 
totally make all of us uh, run to the nearest liquor store and like buy them out of brandy old fashions is special teams. Yeah, one hundred percent. You feel and- the you feel the punt at the one yard line, and you're able to return it to the twenty. <laughs> I'm I'm starting a t-shirt company, and it's just Meninga instead of like the ST for special teams. It's Meninga. Shitty teams coach since 2019. Something <laughs> along those lines. We'll workshop it. Man, this has got to stop. It's it is, it is sad teams. because it, it it's a field position game, too, that we are losing every game because of either a bad punt or bad punt coverage or bad kick return coverage. I mean, it's consistent. They almost blocked a punt, too. Um, they came very close to blocking oh. the punt. Oh, yeah. So, I forgot all about that. Me too. <laughs> so it's it, – you are 100% dead on. And people always forget about special teams because there's not a lot being done. But if one return happens in a game, that could be the change of, you know, what what with this game even. So uh, you're you're dead on with that. But like you said, the goal, I think, and if they don't make the Super Bowl, I think they're all going to feel like they failed. Um, with how well Aaron Rodgers and this offense has played all year, um, it, I mean, it's on. We've only seen it a few times, you know, what they're doing. So if you play this well and you can't make it to the Super Bowl, something's up, and you gotta. They have to do something in the off season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not off the Meninga train. Question for you guys: Do we have to give him credit for Mason Crosby? No. No. <laughs> I think I think Mason Crosby. You, you just know for a fact Crosby at practice. Yeah. He's yeah. just Crosby's off on his own. Just, yeah, it's not even no. That I bet you. I bet you Crosby doesn't huge. even look at Meninga. He doesn't even know who Meninga is. He just that, goes. That this field man goal not just by Crosby was huge. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Back to back weeks. Back to back. The only points in the second half. A fifty-one yarder. Ryan has said it multiple times this year. We just need to take a second and appreciate what we have there. Good quarterbacks for forty years and good kickers for twenty-five. It, it's fantastic. Like pay the kicker the extra million dollars he wants. It's worth every penny when when yep. he can drain a fifty one yarder under pressure to make that game a little more comfortable. It's huge. Yep. And that's the best part is if you asked a hundred random football fans, do you know Robert Tunyon and Mason Crosby? I guarantee you ninety five percent have go. I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, you're possibly talking about the best tight end in the game right now based on health and mm-hmm. the kicker mm-hmm. who's just absolutely crushing it. I get hey, what you, gotta you mean. Give him credit. You got to give him credit. Tanyan is no like Kelsey. He's not the best tight end in the game right now. I forgot well, about Kelsey. Yeah. I also removed the Chiefs from my vernacular. To <laughs> that, that's that's another point you bring up though. Health. That's another reason the Packers have an edge right now. Yes. We're pretty yeah. darn healthy, and we're probably going to get our starting center back for the playoffs. So it, yeah, we got to make it count. Yeah, got to make it count. I would have loved to see them get AJ Dillon going. You know, just to add that dynamic, like he might get five carries and run over you in the fourth quarter. Like we had every opportunity to run to give him the ball more this week with playoffs in mind. Well, as we look ahead, we have another night game in Lambeau Sunday night football (laughs) against the Tennessee Titans. There's There's a particular player that is exploding that we will cover. You will be annoyed to hear the name. Tannehill so often next podcast, but but until then, thanks everybody. Go pack, go.